podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Copite Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. It is Mick Moran and Christian Anderson once again. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping with the full names. I wasn't going to do it, but we're, we're carrying it on. It's a New Year's resolution. We're keeping it up. Uh, there's a couple of games that have happened, obviously, recently that we can speak about, of course. Uh, Sunday, when we performed absolutely boss in the 4-0 win over Bournemouth, of course, yesterday, and we drew 1-1 with Fulham. But the main result was that we get to go to Wembley once again, which is... Massive, absolutely huge for this for this new side, and a bit of Norwich at the end, maybe a little bit of Chelsea, where we can discuss like how it might affect team news going into playing every Wednesday and Sunday or playing every three games, like it's going to be when we get into even more competitions. Um, but before we get into it, Christian, how are you doing, lad? Very good, very good. Another Wembley trip, which is nice. Um, especially you're looking at you know last season, and we've compared last season to this season quite many times. You know, we were sitting doing podcasts last season, just trying to keep our hopes up for you know some games, just trying to see the positive things and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, this season's been um, you know amazing so far. Uh, top of the league, going to another final, uh, still in the FA Cup, which we will talk about. Still in the Europa League. It's not the Champions League, but it's still a European competition. So you know, being a Liverpool fan at this time of the moment, you know, it's it's brilliant. And we're playing good. And we have you know youngsters coming through, showing great levels. Can't complain. So it's quite you know amazing at the moment to be a Liverpool supporter. Is. I think the only thing that we need to do is do more shows because doing doing these shows where you have to talk about like three or four games is is quite difficult when you're getting through having to remember everything that happened because like you said every three games is and every three days is another game and there's loads of stuff and loads of good stuff that you want to speak about so we'll we'll do Bournemouth first just to not not to just get out of the way because it's a, it's a, it was a boss performance and we need to to speak about it before we get into to Fulham and stuff but. Um, yeah, a 4-0 win. Again, going into that one, I think we were talking on the preview about like another test, but another another difficult test with the players that were missing. And we we go into the into the game and yeah, we just look like we were I think I think we just hit like a level now, especially in like we'll talk about the Fulham game. We just hit seem to have hit a level now where if whoever plays, everyone's just on song and everyone's just in rhythm and it just seems to be cascading through the whole side like anyone that comes in replaces the other player and we've seen it in past previous versions of of of, a, of Klopp sides where that kind of happens someone will come in and it, they'd be able to do a good version of what the first choice person would be able to do and that's kind of what we're seeing um recently because especially in the like in the Bournemouth game obviously we're miss, missing Trent missing Salah Endo um McAllister Jones and Elliot played in the in the midfield you've got Diaz over on the left Jota up top Nunes on the left Connor Bradley stayed in the side um, alongside Canate and Van Dijk, Joe Gomez left left back, and then Allison in goal. And I think it was we might as well go straight to the the goals to be honest, because we we don't manage to score um, in in the first half. It's it's kind of a 
a load of glutter goals in the second half. And I think even going in at half time, I wasn't. I think I've said we've said it a lot loads this year. Like I've never been like worried if like we're going in at half time, nil nil. Even if we're one nil down, I'm, I'm always like, we've got enough. We've got enough in the tank. We've got enough quality, even with loads of players out. And I, I love seeing those tweets where people are like we're beating these teams, we're missing like nine players, we're beating these teams, we're missing eight players and it's like, it just it's, it speaks a lot to the, the quality and like the likes of like Nunes and Jothra who got on the score sheet and Nunes opens the, the score and it was an absolutely we'll talk about the main man that you love, we might as well go mm-hmm. talk about him first, Darwin Nunes and that goal was just again, it's we, we <laughs> it seems to happen every week where he'll miss a few and he'll have like a might have like a game where it doesn't quite go for him but this one was a game where he was hitting the target and this one was like straight into him. He didn't even have to think about it. He just went right side foot, bottom corner and four minutes after the half and then you're like, right, now let's let's build on this because after the first half and, and kind of go from there and that's, that, that's what happened as well. Yeah, it's a nice little play there, but you know, when an assist from Jota, but I just like the way that Nunez moves into space just before Jota finds him in that space, which is a good clever pass as well, but just to stay on side and find that space and being, you know, uh, directing his body, you know, uh, it's right already when situation happens, so he don't have to do much than just adjust his, his finishing, which is great as well because he's doing in the movement and that's where you want to see Nunez in those positions where we see him all the time I, I think but you know he misses a few but this is when he just goes on instinct and just do what he does best when it comes to being a goal scorer uh, you can always argue argue about him you know doing more goals and you know that's that's something I, we we too we, uh, would agree on but you know it's just very nice to see when he comes in that moment and he actually gets in there and just scores brilliantly so that goal was I wouldn't say a relief, but, you know, like you said, I'm quite uh, confident that we can come out in a second half after the first half where we haven't scored. But the only thing that I was concerned about was that, you know, as a collective, we weren't, I, was, I wasn't I was feeling it, you know, the first half. I was like, hey, it's a little bit slow. It doesn't really work for us. And, you know, Bournemouth wasn't that good either. But at the same time, they've been in form uh, lately. So Lanky's obviously scored for them a few times as well. So I was a little bit concerned that, you know, it can come back and actually, you know, um, punish us if we don't, you know, take our opportunities. But obviously scoring that quick in the second half helped us uh, going forward. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's overall, you know, a stable first half, but really great to take the lead in the second half. Yeah, I think that's what I've loved as well. Like, like I said, even if we don't perform that well when we get to certain points in the game like even if it's half time or when it's gets to 60 and you're bringing those subs on which the stats on like the liverpool players coming off the bench and scoring goals for us is like i think it's double the second team which is just ridiculous for i think it's like 30 odd goal contributions from substitutes which is which is ridiculous but it proves that um maybe it proves that we're like Sorting going into games and maybe not quite figuring it out straight away, but we seem to be able to do it over the over the ninety minutes, and that's what you want when you're going into games like this. When you're missing no that many players as well, like it's difficult to to keep those high levels. And again, it's another another sign of like the mentality in in this group of players, which is which is class to see. And and we mentioned Nunes, and we'll get on to a second goal, obviously, because it was the last one in a, in a minute, but. Jota um, gets a quick fire double, seventieth minute and seventy ninth minute, and um, the first one, yeah, I, I loved because it was it it was just him all over, like when it the, the way it all set up for him and the little ball in by um, Gakpo, and then you, 
I was thinking as it's as it's rolling through, I was thinking, is the defender going to be able to get in there and get a little nick on it with his toe? But Jota's just that bit of speed in those areas. He comes he comes alive um, and just absolutely buries it. And it was just a again like on seventieth minute when you now you tune it up, you can kind of take a deep like sigh of relief and be like, right, that should be game over now, and 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 try and add to it. Yeah, and you know it's uh, it is a great goal as well, and uh, like the first one. But it's just nice to you know build on the lead and actually make sure that we got the control over the game and feel like this is this is done and dusted now. You should never rest and you should never underestimate you know um, minutes for a opposition to come back uh, into a game. We can talk about that when it comes to Fulham, <laughs> you know, um, in the cup. But it's more like you can control. Uh, the game, you don't have to stress going forward. You don't have to attack, even if we like us to attack and score more goals. You don't have this, you know, the press to do it or the pressure to do it because you're in the lead. And I like that because sometimes when we play, we do it a little bit difficult for ourselves. And we sometimes, you know, see that on Twitter and stuff. We never do it, you know, the simple way or easy for us or whatever. And yes, it's true sometimes with Liverpool. Sometimes it feels a little bit harder than it should be in certain situations or games. But I think, you know, Bournemouth away, like I said, the first half was not that good, but still controlled. But then we managed to score two goals in the second half. And I feel like that's not enough time for them to come back because it feels like the, you know, the air goes out, out of them a bit. You know, it's hard for them to actually come back in the game, even though they play at home. So very pleased for the goal, very pleased when the goals comes as well. It's, it's a good time of the goals because it kind of pushes them a little bit further down all the time and just make sure that you're not coming back into these lads uh, and we could just keep on controlling it, which I like because it gives me as a supporter a sense of calmness as well because you're always a bit of a on a adrenaline and you know you're always a little bit bit nervous in, ahead of every game even though you think that it was going to go and make it because you know the quality that we have but i just love when we do this like one nil two nil controlling it because it just feels like all right that's three points in the in the bank let's continue and just control it maybe score a few more which we did but i just like that way of playing a game and how we perform in a in a game like that yeah i've just actually realized that we haven't even spoke about the um the Clive challenge, which I don't even think there's any point because at this point in time, um, when when you look back at like the Jones one and and he goes over the ball and gets a red card, and then Clive does pretty much the same thing, and he doesn't even get a yellow. Not even happens. It's just you just like you've changed the rules during a season like that. That surely can't be the way to do things, haven't you? Yeah. It's so After weird. that, there's I think there's one for Chelsea. I think it was Gusto and Gusto, um, or Gusto. I think I'm getting mixed up with a, with a with a, um, a food company there, uh, Gusto. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that one is is a carbon copy of Curtis Jones. I don't think the Clavet one's quite the same, but it's still over the ball. He's not there quick enough. If Diaz, so is it like are they now going back to? It's only a red if Diaz gets an injury. I'd, I'd, the rules were already fucked anyway, and but now that they've give red cards for something like that before, and now mm. they're not giving red cards for um, something similar. It's just like again, it's just it just makes you it just makes you laugh because if that we go into that game and we don't end up, if we don't don't end up getting the win somehow, or we end up maybe we draw nil nil or one one. I don't know whatever, and. Then that that becomes a bit of a focal point for for us to say, well, we should have been playing against ten men for most of the game. Do you know what I mean? So it's just it's just frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it's very frustrating and it's weird. You know, it just makes you, uh, you know, lose a little bit of interest and 
uh, emotional part of it as, as well because like you said we got the red card with Jones and another few red cards in the start of the season which you know obviously one was uh, taken back and the other one was just controversial as well uh, but then you see those kind of attackers which is the same as Jones that were very similar uh, and you think like well you know I can look at it and think you know should it be a red card? Maybe depends on what you know limits or levels they set the rules on. Like it's it's is it dangerous play or is it more of a you know a, a, an unlucky kind of tackle? You have no intention to go in that hard or whatever. You know I don't know where they put all these little um, levels of different um, you know on the rules and what should be a red or not. But you know in my book it's always a yellow at least. You can't get away with that without nothing. But you know in my world it could also be like mm, maybe if if he was coming on the floor with you know stretched legs and uh, studs out, yes that would be a red. But you know it's now it's more coming on top and stuff. So for for me it could be like like with Joe's it's a yellow and that's it. Keep on playing because you don't wanna you don't wanna ruin football games sometimes in 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 some as a situation where you can't feel it's actually a red card straight away. But, you know, so you, you would tell if there was like a tackle that was dangerous. This is more like, did it mean it? Nah, I don't think so. It's more of an unlucky way of coming into a challenge. So they need to settle the rules for next season where to have the bar for red cards. And, you know, because the red cards for some of these situations, there's nothing for like clothing in this situation. So you'd be like, so what? what is the rule and when are we supposed to think there's going to be a yellow or red or whatever? So for me, it's just taking away a load of loads of like passion and emotional feelings because you'd be like, you, you get quite numb. You feel like, oh, all right, then nothing. You know, I, I you know, in, with that tackle, I would at least want to see, a, like I said, yellow card because that means like the tackle is a little bit dangerous. So it should be punished with a, uh, uh, with a yellow, but at the same time, you know, okay, they get like they got uh, he got a warning, so now obviously he's on a yellow, so he needs to stay a little bit more uh, calm in the game because he can go out if he continues to do something else that is stupid or whatever. So it gives it a bit of an advantage as well. So that's why I think it's weird that it's not even a yellow. And you know, with the VAR situation where you have the chance to look at it and they don't give anything, it's just like, oh, come on again. So we, we shouldn't go into that little uh, hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and quick checks as well. Like I'm, before the Curtis Jones one happened, and then when when <clears throat> even after it did, I think we were all of us were saying, "Well, it's a bit of an accident because he goes over the ball." But they've then give a red, so it sets a precedent off for the rest of anything yeah. similar. You then look at it going, "Well, that was a red. Why isn't this a red?" And it's like that's the point. Like which, like you just said, like the Jones one. If you want to give a yellow for that, I think we're all happy with that because it could potentially be a leg break. It could be dangerous because. Of the situation, how fast football is, and the like, proper athletes, and the the nicking the ball away, and at full speed, someone's running at them at full speed, and the and they hit the shin or they hit the knee or whatever. It's dangerous, so give, give a yellow. But these given reds and then like the like changing from like two minute, three minute checks. Now they're like, right, let's make it so that we're checking everything, but let's do it quicker. But in doing that, they're not then checking enough. Like it seems like I think with the Odegaard one, it was like. Um, they were like, "Oh yeah, I think it's he's fallen over. He's pulled his arm towards him. I think that's um, I think that's fine." And then the other fella who's checking was all, "Yeah, yeah, I've seen a brief clip of it, but I, I think I agree." And it's like you've seen a brief clip of it and you think you'd agree. Like that's not good enough, mate. Like take another thirty seconds, <laughs> yeah. have another look if you want to, but get yeah. the right decision. Like it's the it's this like the the going. Oh, let's make sure we look at it fully for ages, and then you can look at it for something for longer. You can change your mind a couple of times because you're not sure. 
then now they're like, like oh, it's sh- let's make it short. But in doing that, they're not g- giving themselves enough time. So they need to find that like leeway in between those two things, which yeah. I understand is hard to do. But you need to be getting the right decision. It seems like that show with like Michael Owen, Howard Webb, every. I don't know how often it's on. I don't watch it. I just see the fucking clips and I'm like, he's how web pops. I was like, oh yeah, Liverpool should have got a penalty or Liverpool shouldn't have had this happen to them or they should have had this and whatever. And it's like, I'm happy with the like saying it, but does it make me feel any better? Because you're just no. like approving the stuff that I'm agreeing that we all agree with and we should have more points because of it. We should be further away in the in the yeah. league. So yeah. you could it, it just it just fucks your head up a little bit. Yeah, and every time they say that, I I don't watch the show. I also see the clips, but you know that's the thing. Every time they say that, you know, Liverpool or another team should have had this, or it shouldn't be this, or whatever, it just you know the result is so it was actually r- so many wrong decisions going back in every fucking game. So every yeah. time you're on the show, you say, you know, it should have happened this, or that should have been changed, or no, this was wrong. It just it just proves whatever supporter is saying. It's like you have to fucking sort this out because every time you look back, something was wrong in decision-making in the game where you have the VAR to use as a tool to help you out. It would be different if they were analyzing games where referees didn't have that tool, like back in the days when they could just go back and say, okay, this was a mistake, but at the real time there, you couldn't do anything because that's what the, uh, the referee saw with his assistants. So that would be fair. Like, all right, then that was a mistake. Mistake, but at, at the moment you only had that moment to see it but now you've got the tool to help you out you still sit in there saying that some you know many decisions were were wrong in in the past pre- previous game so yeah let's just sort it out and <laughs> and we move on yeah well i mean i wasn't even going to bring it up but then you that's the thing you start talking about it and then you start pissing you off even more and you start thinking yeah. about all the bits and you're just like oh fuck's i sake. had a good day mick <laughs> yeah i've just ruined it by bringing up the clave challenge sorry lad. um but yeah we'll move on to jota's second goal and it was funny because people were like oh is it is it a jota assist for himself because the way he just <laughs> miss hits the ball and I, I i i loved it well we'll talk let's talk about Connor bradley first because that he, he sets yeah. it up he gets his gets his first premier league assist um on his premier league debut which again is just ridiculous he's he's coming into these games now because Trent's not there and on um based off what he's been performing like recently in other games, he deserves it. Um but he just looks like he just looks so good, doesn't he, Connor Bradley? I mean we're gonna gonna get onto the Fulham game in a minute again where he was very impressive alongside Kwanzaa, both twenty year olds on that side. But in the Bournemouth game I just thought like he was just handling himself. Obviously up against um Sinistera, who's a, a a tricky, tricky winger, very quick and he done them a few times which you can you can accept but in terms of like energy and like just making trying to get stuck in and i think it's like setting the tone as well a little bit like just showing that energy and, and running up and down and getting stuck into challenges very good on the ball i think very underrated that his, his passing is his, his quality um and moving into the into the middle of the pitch as well but lovely to see him like get get his premier league debut and get an assist on it and on us for to, us for us to win four nil is just like then brings up the questions like when Trent comes back, is he going to go straight back in? Is he going to, is Trent going to go into midfield? Like all those other conversations then come up because of it. But I'm just made up for Connor Bradley, like a product of the the academy and stuff. And having players coming through like that is again, you want to get as many as them into the side as you can. Yeah, you know, all praise to him. And I think, you know, when you think back on what's it last season, there was out on loan at Bolton, and they are like yeah. League One, uh, which is obviously two divisions down from Premier League. Um, and 
I didn't watch much or read much about him, but, you know, I followed a little bit. You know, it said, you know, that he had a few, you know, assists. He scored a few couple of goals and he was really one of their best players. I think he was even voted the best player, player maybe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I think I read that somewhere. I think so. Uh, anyway, you know, to play in that league and perform well is good when if you're a youngster, but then to come back to Liverpool and get into, you know, training with the first squad, then, you know, get into, you know, well, uh, Another quality level, I would say, you know, in, you know, without being disrespectful to Bolton, but you know, it is, you know, to, with the other players on, on some of them or many of them, you know, world class players to come in and probably perform well to, you know, be um, kept in the squad for this season, and then obviously um, performing like he has done in the games. You know, it's it's a very a nice way of looking at the development, just working on the club and his staff, but also say, you know, if he was uh, proving himself uh, in Bolton and in League One and was one of their best players, if not the best, yes, that's, that's one thing. But then to take the steps and perform on a higher level in Liverpool, a team like, you know, should be considered, you know, competing for the title in, in, in domestic cups and going far in Europa League and all kind of stuff, that he competes on a level where you think like fucking hell, he's really good, and then he's just keep on proving you that he has the levels to just continue like this. So you know, I, I think you know Trent's coming back. He will probably go straight in, obviously, because it's Trent. But it's great to see we got an option now, which comes from the, the our own academy uh, to could you know who could come in and do a great job. Especially, I think his work rate up and down that wing, and you know, defending is good. He's very like you said, he got loads of energy. He's good with the pressing. He's good on the passing on the ball. So, you know, we've got someone there who can, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens you know, in terms of what we're going to maybe bring in when summer comes. But, you know, if we want to move up Trent on a permanent, in a permanent position in the midfield, we've got someone who can actually play on the right back. And I think at the same time, being someone who are more natural um, right back, if you like, especially yeah. coming, you know, on the outside and not moving into the central of the pitch. And I also like that he's he kind of looks in a way like a right-footed and obviously right-sided and Robertson. <laughs> he got the same kind of spirit and you know energy and uh, um, toughness in him. And you know, he's. I, I just think that sometimes we we again when it comes to you know judging young players coming through that some players are not you know. Michael Owens or Steven Gerrard or fucking messes, if you like, who, you know, comes out as a 16-year-old and just blow our minds um, or 17-year-old or whatever. He's 20 now, but he's taken his time. He got the experience being out on loan and he's taken his development to uh, another level. And now he's a Premier League, at, at a Premier League level and he plays for us. And, you know, he's from the academy and it's just brilliant to see. And I think it comes down to our supporters again. Patience is key. Let them have some time. Yes, they could turn into 21, 22, 23-year-old. As we've seen with Curtis Jones, he's always been good, but he's taken steps as well. But some players doesn't hit that, you know, world-class level at a certain young age. It could take them a few years to actually adapt. So I'm, I'm just I'm just very happy that we got him and actually Kwanzaa, who we probably will talk about, you know, coming from our own academy because it means a lot that we can actually create those talented players and play for us in the Premier League or in the Cups. Yeah, I think you can see that when you when he plays footy, like when... when... When a Klopp was saying like he's he's going to fall asleep in the dressing room and all that like that and that type of stuff, um, yeah, <clears throat> that just makes you laugh because it's like it's clear that he's um, 
he's up for the fight, proper up for the fight, and it's yeah, and, and got the quality to go along with it, which is what you need. You're not going to be playing in a Liverpool side if you haven't got if you haven't got the quality, and he's got loads of it, which is like you said from the academy and all that, so it's even better. Um, but yeah, on on the goal, and I, I loved it because it was a, of course, an assist for for Conor Bradley. Um, but the finishes, I said the first one was just jotted all over. I think this one's similar. Like he messes up the first one, but then he just thinks, "Ah, fuck this! I'm going to just absolutely volley this bottom corner." And I loved like it just reminded me of the um, the last game against them in the cup against Bournemouth, where Nunes does that. He, he miscontrols it, and they their fans cheer. But then he picks it up, and then five seconds later, it's in the back of the net, and they <laughs> they're all crying. And I think that it happened again because they they all cheered when he misses it. And then literally two seconds later, that ball's in the back of your net. It's three 0 It's game over. And it's just like yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, we could do a whole new show, on, another show on like opposition fans and the chants that they sing and all that. Because there's just so many that do my head in and stuff that yeah. we do. But I, I just I love times of that where it's just like perfectly synchronized. Like it's just like he's missed it. You can have your little cheer, like he's fucked it up. Now he's gonna absolutely hammer it off in the corner, and you're gonna be you're gonna be gutted. I love. It. I just love the whole. I love the whole sequence of it. Yeah, I haven't even thought of it because I just. Was you know very happy with the goal. I thought you know brilliant from Jota to you know be that clever and quick to get the you know the second chance and just to bury it down there in the, in in the net. But I just love the way that you explained it there because I haven't even thought of it. But I can I can I can hear in my head now how they go like way when they miss it and then two two seconds later he's got fuck off. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so I would probably try to you know I would love to just listen to the audio tape from that how the the crowd just goes like that because it's obviously a little bit of a, a funny moment where you you don't you don't expect that you because you can imagine being them there when you go like that hey and then you stop fucking hell just straight after and yeah well that's that's also you know a sign of the brilliance of Jota again you know because he's we, we talked about it before you know how smart he is as a footy player uh, and I think he shows that and it proves again you know how clever he is because it doesn't just mean that He's lucky. He's actually, you know, quick enough in his thought. You know, he he, miss, he misses the first one because he comes, uh, you know, and it bounces and stuff. And you know, some some player even with his levels can miscontrol and you know miss a ball like that. But just to be able to, you know, pick it up straight uh, straight away and then also uh, being able to actually uh, finish that ball off so nicely uh, at the second chance just shows you know this he's got the uh, high levels you know he's, he's brilliant i think jot and i i know that he doesn't play all the time but that's the thing as well we've got different type of players and sometimes you need his type and sometimes you might need a nunez type or whatever and it you know changes how we play it changes the i wouldn't say rhythm but it changes the way they how the opposition will look at us when they defending as well so i just like that we got you know those options which makes it really hard for whoever we play really yeah, definitely. I think Jota's like he's just so. I mean, he's just got that like cult hero status, hasn't he? I mean, and then there's the whole off, obviously off the back of um, <clears throat> the two goals. I think Carragher was talking about on um, after the game, like about like if he's a if he's our best ever finisher and all that. And then that obviously then sparks a load of like a massive debate on social yeah. media. People are like, no, no chance, Fowler's. Ten times better and all this, and uh, we don't. That's not even get into that because J- Jota, in his own right, is world class. I think when he get when he's in those positions, he's just he's deadly, and I think that's something that yeah. we've when he's had these injuries that have been frustrating in the past. 
it's those it's those maybe a couple of weeks or months or whatever he's out where you when you're like fucking hell we could deal with a Diogo Jota right now just uh those games where you draw on 1-1 or you're not getting a goal when you need it like a late goal or pop up with something he's the guy you want to be bringing on with 20 minutes to go to to get it for you so I think his his availability recently and hopefully it stays like that touch wood is is key especially when you got you're fighting on all fronts you need you need goal scorers you need people who can do it on a regular basis and he's one of them um yeah. But then we bring on um, Bobby Clark. We bring on Owen Beck for Owen Beck's um, Premier League debut. I'm not sure if it's Bobby Clark's Premier League debut. Actually, I'll have to check that. Um, but definitely Connor Bradley's um, and Owen Beck's. I'll have to check the, the Bobby Clark. Um, yeah, and then Nunes gets the goal to to cap her off. And I, I love this goal as well. Even like at the end, we were just knocking around, and it was it was just like three 0 The game's over, and then the game. I think it was what was the gift? He put like eight minutes up for the board, didn't he? And we were, everyone was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Why Like, it's 3-0. The game's over. They don't want to play another minute. We don't want to play another eight minutes. Just fucking blow the whistle. Like, just mm. mutually agree to do 30 seconds added on time. Let's just agree that. that There's no point. But anyway, we get the goal three minutes into it. Um, of course, Owen Beck, like I mentioned, comes on. So that, and that shifts Gomez over to the right-hand side. And Gomez whips in a, a class assist for Darwin Nunes. He sees him in space. And the ball is just... I mean, like we could talk about Joe Gomez on another whole podcast on how he, how good he's been doing recently. But he gets an assist, and Nunes gets a another goal, and it was his um, his twenty fifth Liverpool goal um, so far in his career. Which I mean, he could have he could definitely have more than that. But I think it's, he's <laughs> going in the right direction in terms of in terms of scoring goals and, and and being in the right places and putting them away. And it was just a nice, I guess, a nice capping off of the game as well. Yeah, and I, I love how he makes that ball just, you know, go uh, away from the goalkeeper and just, you know, down in the right corner because you need to direct that ball in that direction because otherwise the goalie will probably save it or even, you know, get a touch on it or whatever uh, or be in the way <laughs> for, for being, you know, completely straight with the answer. You know, like he needs to do that and that's the brilliance of Nunez, I think, that he's got the... Um, ability to do that, just like the first goal of his, you know, when he just makes sure that it goes away from the uh, goalkeeper. And what I like about him when he just doing doing these goals on uh, scoring these goals uh, on, you know, instinct is like some of his. He will probably, you know, have to develop them a bit. But you know, some of his goal scoring is uh, is like a bit of Thierry Henry, even though Thierry Henry had a bit more. Obviously, everything was an elegance with him. He could just, you know. Uh, bend the ball around a goalie without any effort. It just looks so effortless when he did that. And it doesn't look like that when Nunez is doing things sometimes. But it's just the way that he finishes it when it comes to his instinct and he just do it. And I think he's very good at it. And I hope if he can polish that and continue to develop that, I think, you know, his finishing will be become even better. We know it's already good. We just, you know, I think, you know, it's a little bit of unluck and, you know, a bit of form and all these kind of things as well. And a bit of pressure, you know, everything mix, mixes into it. But I think, you know, when we see him finish, you know, goals off like this, we know that it's world-class. So hopefully he can just continue. He didn't, you know, he didn't score against Fulham, which we will talk about soon. But at the same time, you know, he's doing so much other things on the pitch that we would talk about that, you know, contribute to how we play. So, you know, for me, he's just a starter every every game if he doesn't need a rest, obviously. Yeah, easy, easy. He's, he's just, he's so key to, <clears throat> I think, <clears throat> you put something in the group chat last night about like him when, when he comes off the field, like we lose something and, and that's true. I think it was the same with McAllister, which we'll get on to in a, in a sec. Like you lose, 
you want to play these players 90 minutes and all all every day, all game, but um, he, he worked himself into the ground. I've just checked Bobby Clark, by the way, just because it was doing me head in. He made his debut, um, his Premier League debut, in our 9-0 win over Bournemouth. So his two Premier League appearances have been against Bournemouth, basically. Um, so he came on 90th minute against Bournemouth when we beat them 9-0 at home, and now he's played um, a cameo in the 4-0 win over Bournemouth um, away. So... He must have been very young then, because that's like two years ago, isn't it? Yeah, it's like August August 22. All right, yeah. So one and a half year then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I knew it when I as soon as I said, "Is it Bobby? Was it Bobby Clark's debut in my head?" I was like, "I know it probably weren't, so I need to check." So yeah, there you go. There's the answer. So uh, Uh, is he 18 now? So he must have been like 17 or 16. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Which is again. Another another player that we've got who can who can come in and, and definitely has gotten the quality. Otherwise, you wouldn't be getting thrown in. I think you can see that in certain moments in the in the um, in the Fulham game, which yeah. we'll get onto um, right now because we've just spent probably longer than the normal on on a on the Bournemouth game. But there's so much good stuff um, to talk about. But of course, last night we drew one one uh, with Fulham, um, and we've yeah, like we said at the start of the show, booked another trip to uh, to Wembley, which again is these type of things uh, are a massive and a confidence booster and I think maybe you don't view the the league cup as a as a, as a big thing and, and that's fair enough in, in comparison to like maybe like obviously the Premier League Champions League and, and whatever FA Cup but in terms of like I always just think of it as another step and another trophy of getting that that gap between us and, and the Manx further away in terms of being the most successful team. That's the way I always think of it and trying to get as many as as many as we can. And it breeds confidence and in especially like the players that we've signed uh, recently. They haven't won a trophy with us. That it's the first time they'll be getting to a final with us. So it's, yeah. it's like again, like those players that have been there and done it, given the um guidance to the other ones. And then once those players have won something like that, then it's like, well, that's off the back off the back of them then. And then they can go on and, and, and get more. Um but yeah, in terms of the game, then a um, couple of changes. Of course, Kelleher comes in. Kind of Bradley starts again alongside Quanta, like we mentioned earlier. Two twenty-year-olds on that right-hand side. I was looking at that a little bit, going, <laughs> I would normally be like quite nervous about that, but because of the quality that they've shown, I was like, I'm happy with it, and they deserve the chance. And then you've obviously got Van Dijk and Gomez on the other side, which is a bit, which is loads more experienced. Um, midfield three of Elliot McAllister and Gravenberg, and then you've got. Gakpo, Nunes, and Diaz. Um, Nunes. Um, it seemed like Diaz was on the Gakpo was on the right. Sorry, and he had Diaz on the left, and then Nunes through the middle. But they were kind of interchanging as as and when we um, we needed them to. Um, yeah, and we start the game very well. I mean, the goal was a bit mad, like the way the way it all happened. <laughs> I just kind of scooped through uh, Leno's hands, and it makes me so happy that like our number one is like just so so reliable like even stuff like that like touch wood like obviously uh, probably jinx that now Alec with Alison <laughs> the game's coming up but he, like stuff like that just like stuff that is going at him or like he's just he, I never feel worried like in the past like I guess like we've had like I don't know Jerty Dudek whatever a good shot stopper but like f- hard shots that were fired at him and he maybe moved a little bit I always expected them to parry them out and then it gives them a chance for strikers to score but with stuff like that Allison's just so good and he's so reliable at like just like covering post and then obviously he's world class he can make world class saves as well um but that was a perfect time to score I thought like 10 minutes in we're already 2-1 up now it's 3-1 they need two goals um just kind of like 
like you said earlier, um, with the with the Bournemouth game, like getting those goals at the right times to kind of knock the opposition back down at the right time. I think that was a good time to do it early in the game where you're like, right now we've got a two goal lead. What are you going to do about it? Um, and I think it was a good. We'll talk about the first half first. I think it was a it was a very good half from us. I thought very professional. But again, I think there's certain times where we're getting on the counter attack and stuff where. Like slightly, that wrong, the pass is not quite there, or we're choosing the wrong pass, or there's not enough on it, or mm. it's not into the path of the person. It's just little things like that. Where if you put on those chances away, like if you got two 0 up at half time, the game's done, the game's over, like four one up. Um, but yeah, Diaz goal was was a. I was going to say it's a lovely goal, but it's like the intent from Diaz. And I think it kind of um, encapsulated his performance as well in terms of he was en- energetic the whole game. He was causing. Um, Castagna loads of problems down that right hand side, down that left hand side, and um, it was just a yeah, a nice, nice for him to get on the goals on the uh, score sheet as well. Yeah, and I think it's a lovely pass from Kwanzaa as well. Uh, you know, um, to see that uh, space and you know put it there, and then obviously Diaz have to do the job to you know put. Uh, uh, the defender, uh, you know, out of um, balance and out of control of, of the situation, which is just great without without uh, getting a free kick against him because it can easily happen in those situations where you go into, you know, body against body and maybe a little bit in the back and you get a free kick against you. But I think he just does perfectly in terms of being inside the rules, if you like, you know, there's, there's nothing there that could say it's a foul or whatever, and he just comes out on the other end. And then obviously the, the finish is not that great, but then it goes through the hands of... Uh, Lino and uh, it's a goal and like you said it's 3-1 up and I felt like yes come on this is the, like you said as well it's the best you know possible uh, way of starting the game because now we can just control it and take it easy we don't really need to have you know to, to feel the, the stress and press to go forward and score because now we're in the, in control uh, and I think you know overall even though you know Fulham is they're quite good to be honest uh, you know I don't watch them that much but I think they are quite stable as a team you know collectively they work really hard and do great things together but I think think we were really good uh like you said the first half as well and we got a few you know when you mentioned Connor Bradley and Kwanzaa being on that right hand side of the defensive line together you know it just looks like they've both been playing 400 games for us and it's like the easiest thing in the world in the world especially you know Kwanzaa I think he looks like he's the most calm like central defender you've seen for a long long time even even more calm as Virgil van Dijk if you like (laughs) (laughs) but you know he just (laughs) but he just looks like he's you know no worries I know what I'm doing. And I love that because like like we said, he's only twenty and to have one of them as well, you know, talent talents as a centre back or, you know, someone who comes in from the academy, which you didn't really know much about, and we said this before, but to to just raise his levels and play at this level without any doubt about his own abilities and the self confidence and and the you know, without any stress or even, you know, making any mistakes. And I hope I don't obviously jinx that. But, you know, he's played so many games now where I just feel like maybe he's done one or two, you know, I wouldn't say mistakes, but, you know, situations where, ah, that was a little bit, you know, dodgy or that was a little bit nervous of a moment. But, you know, in terms of just playing at the back of, you know, Liverpool and being 20 years old, it's just like, yeah, you know, I, I know I can do this. You know, I know my levels. And I love that because... You know, he's probably saved us a hundred million pounds there, and also we can also go out and you know look for another 
central defender without any stress because we know that Matip's contract is up. He's also injured now. We don't know what's going to happen there. If he's going to, if he's going to get an extension or if we want to stay around as more of an, uh, a backup player or whatever's going to happen. But uh, we still probably need another defender. But, you know, Kwanzaa have made sure that we don't have to look at, you know, someone who's, you know, there on the highest level because he's there now playing. And we know like, okay, we can actually maybe bring in some more talent for the future or someone who's cheap and can be a backup because we, we got, you know, their, maybe their future central defender in, uh, you know, from our own academy. So really good. Very pleased. Yeah, massively. I think it's it's this thing that we've um, <clears throat> Klopp cultivated this, like, this perfect like uh, haven for these like players to come in. Like I think we've said it before. Like the players that have signed for other teams. Like if they were the sign for Liverpool, like I always reference Sancho because I always think like if we would have signed Sancho, for example, he would have been boss for us. If we would have signed Werner, he would have been boss for us. But it's all about having that environment perfectly ready for someone to come in, and for especially for kids where you've got last season didn't go well, but end of the season we fixed it and we made a new system and the, and the setup and whatever. And these players have. I've bought into that, but they've also got the players in there who've been there and done it. The Van Dykes, the Allisons, the Salas, who can show them the way. Um, and it's yeah, it's I and mean, you've got to have the quality as well. And Bradley and Quanta have got, I've got loads of it. I've got loads of it. And I think it's it's like you said, it's. I always say it's, the more the more academy lads you can get on the side, the better. Like you want, ideally, you want eleven academy lads in your team because they're gonna gonna be quality and they're also gonna work their ass off for you because they know what it means to wear the shirt. So. Again, Quanta, like you said, it was. Yeah, I agree. He's, he he just looks like he's just super calm. Like even in like I watched the interview after what he done with Van Dyke, and he's just like, just proper. Like yeah, we did our job. We smashed it. Whatever. We're through to the next round. Just like proper level headed, and I, and I love that. And he's obviously got a bit of, um, a little bit of cockiness to him after like the whole Matip thing, where maybe he said like a that interview came a little bit too soon after where he was like Matip got that injury and he was like oh I wanted. I wanted Matt about the way anyway, obviously, because he wants to be a Hiram and in the pecking order and all that. But it's like it's more like he's got like high standards for himself already because the players that are there, the Van Dykes that he actually looks up to and he has to has to try and match him every day. Because I think he said something that was quite interesting, I thought, after the game was um he thought he'd done okay, like, but he felt a little bit rusty because it's about having that rhythm and he hasn't played for a couple of weeks. I think that's something like he's obviously not happy with being on the bench. He's, he wants to be the he wants to yeah. be him. I, I, lo- I, I, I love that kind of you know, sorry, teacher, but I just love the way he says that because it's, it shows you that he wants to play all the time. Yeah, so yeah exactly. You, you need I, that. Yeah, I think, and especially for someone like that, you can you can mistake it for. Um, like cockiness or whatever, but I think Curtis Jones. I think we've said it before. Like, he's got a little bit of that where he like a bit of swagger about him. It's like I deserve to be in this side. It was like, well, you've got to then go and show it. And I think from what we've seen so far and the yeah. in the few games we've seen, Quanta, he's been but, he's been tremendous. But it's you know, it's, it's quick. Just say you know that's what you know. Stephen Gerrard said you know after he, you know finished his career about you know going into training and just try to you know be the best in training and get people out of the way and get the starting place in the you know in the first 11 so that's what you have to do you can be you know your your teammate you can be mates outside the pitch but on the pitch you're professional that's your job you want to play that's your uh, profession so you want to make sure if you're one of them who you know want to have a great career and show what you're cap- uh, capable of you need to go in and just do the job and i like that with Kwanzaa and i like that with Jones as well that you know are, are they they believe in themselves uh, and they quality they have so even though you know you never want you know someone's 
you know, someone like Matip being injured for a long time, you, even if you get his place, you show your capability, that's not maybe the right way. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter. You just want to play because if you've got the chance, you take that opportunity and you can go from there. And, you know, if it's hard then for Matip or whoever it is in another position coming back and get that place, that's because you've shown your levels. And, you know, playing in the Premier League for a team like Liverpool, you need that kind of, you know, fucking, you know, I'm going to go and do this and I'm going to show everyone because that means you raise the levels for everyone. And, you know, and I also want to uh, give a quick shout out for Elliot as well, because sometimes he might not have the best kind of games. I think it was all right, you know, uh, last night um, playing against his you know, old team as well and stuff. But one thing that I really love with him is that, you know, he runs his fucking bollocks off, to be honest. Yeah. He was snacked when, you know, after the finals whistle. But, you know, in every game that he plays, he runs, put pressure, you know, work hard. And sometimes he doesn't have the best game, like I said, in terms of maybe contributing to... Obviously, he contributes to winning the way he works. But I just love that he never gives up. And I read somewhere that he's close to the same statistics as J- as James Miller in terms of uh, uh, the length of running or whatever during games or for a certain Surprised. period of time. And I love that because also, again, that shows that, you know, even if I might not have the best game or even if I, I'm just going to show everyone and the manager that I'm never going to, I'm never going to uh, uh, be calm or just, you know, relax. I'm always going to fight. And I love that because you need that as well because that that also set the tone for everyone else to see a young kid like him. All right, you know, he runs his ass off. So maybe I need to put in a bit of shift as well. So Yeah, and I think that was, uh, that was kind of... Um... He, he encapsulated the energy of the rest of the side last night. Cause like, like San Nunes, when he came off, he was absolutely knackered. Like those, like sprinting after the defenders, going over to the over to the right back, back to the keeper again. <clears throat> um, Diaz the same, and like I said earlier, I think it's similar to I guess Sobosly, uh recently, where he maybe had some up and down games, but stuff that doesn't ever lack is the energy. I think that's something that obviously we missed last year with the midfield that we had. We were on here talking about fucking energy and no desire and whatever and we were mistaken maybe. We were were mistaken lack of legs for the lack of desire but they just didn't have the legs, didn't have the energy, didn't have the speed to do what we need to do. I think we're seeing that this season and that's a major reason why very much Liverpool are doing what we're doing which is is boss to see. But yeah, we get to half time. It's one uh, nil to us. Uh, they bring on, of course, of course, X-Red Harry Wilson. Who had a little, had a good cameo. To be fair, um, we brought on Curtis Jones for McAllister, and we brought on Jota for Nunes. And I think that was, I think those changes were needed because McAllister um, was every was everywhere. I think similar to Bournemouth game, he was boss again, like getting stuck in, and just those little passes. And yeah, he's he's been he's been since that injury. I think since that injury, he's came back and he's like, right, fuck this, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna show you Alexis <laughs> McAllister full throttle, and I've I'm right here for it. I fucking love it. Um, and yeah, and then of course when you bring off McAllister, who's been influential, then you bring off Nunes, is also influential. It's gonna have a little bit of an effect on like the style of the game, especially when you've got like. You one nil up, three nil one on aggregate. You've got twenty minutes left. It's easy just to go right. We'll just drop back like four or five yards, but we're still trying to press high and and get jotted in the game and stuff. And then ten minutes later, they get the goal, and it's Harry Wilson does well on that on that side, cuts inside, and um, plays it in. And Diop scores, and I was a bit pissed off he scored because he was just having a little bit of a fucking royal rumble with Jota like five minutes before, weren't he? And I was, I was like, oh, why is he grabbing his fucking neck and scoring? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, that pissed me off. But um, he gets it, and then you're like, 77th minute, you're like, like 15 minutes left. Is that like, the, if they, they get another one, and it's like, it, but then Liverpool just showed 
um, like bringing on Kanata and then bringing on Bobby Clark and stuff, like keeping the energy levels up. I thought we just showed like proper, it was like a proper professional last 15 minutes. I thought obviously it was a bit, there's a few moments where the ball's going into the box and they're throwing balls in like high balls and you're like, oh, fucking hell. All they need is one to drop here to a player of good quality and the, the, they've scored. But for the, for the most part, I thought like it was just like, right, like we're, it's going to be too tricky to go too high up and get another goal. Let's just try and uh, bring on another centre half and, and keep it keep us steady. And I thought we'd done it. We, we played the rest of it out perfectly. I thought. Yeah, you know, you're a little bit concerned with this goal because you think, you know, now it's going to now they're going to get new energy. Uh, we have to, you know, uh, be a little bit uh, on our toes here, even though we we started to get to the you know the end of the game and especially with the substitutions as well i totally agree that you know a player like nunez need to go out because he was knackered and even you know to get um McAllister out because we need some bit of a rest and stuff uh but i think you know the it's needed but you know we like i said in the group chat and like we said before uh we do miss something when nunez not playing it's not always just you know uh chances created because he does create a lot of chances and stuff uh for us uh it's just the way that you know he he's always keeping defenders occupied he always makes them you know having to be troubled about you know the, the next move because it's unpredictable and i think we lose a little bit of a something special when he's not playing without saying obviously jota is a clever player so i think you know when he comes in and he gets into a game he's also providing loads of things but it's just something with Nunez in terms of he can be physical and he can win you know balls up high on the pitch you know with his quite he's quite tall and big and he's good on his head and stuff he always you know makes the defenders work hard and then he goes out on the left and he you know goes at them that way he comes in you know through the central he gets into it's always something and I just feel that you know that threat disappears a bit and the way we play as soon as he goes out and obviously because he's so good at doing that kind of stuff but at the same time, obviously, we've got the quality to see it through. And, you know, with the young kids coming in and showing energy levels and doing great things as well, you know, you can just applaud them. And, you know, it's even if it's just 1-1, one, one, we go through. And there's another final at Wembley, which is great. Yeah, the, the only annoying thing is it's against Chelsea again. Like, I was, of course, the yeah. Middlesbrough first leg was like, oh, come on, they're not going to be able to do it, are they? And, of course, Chelsea just absolutely... Smash them, um, second leg. So, yeah, it sets up. And, and it's annoying because... Chelsea is one of them teams like they've been shit this year, but whenever yeah. they play against us, like they've just like they raised like the levels. Like I, I mistakenly like when we talked about like the Chelsea game earlier in the season, I was like, oh, they they look really good. They're going to be challenging for top four title. And I, and I think back then, like how wrong could you be? Like just because you you based it on how they performed against you, which I guess is wrong in a way. You've got to they've got to be yeah. consistently good. Um, and, and they've been they've been horrific. But I think it's again, it's going to be another. It'll be another tight game. I think. I mean, I'd love it for us to go there and just be like, right, fuck the fuck the previous games. Let's just beat these two three 0 Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just go and fucking do them. Don't give them a fucking chance at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the main thing is we've got another trip to Wembley. Like I said, like another chance for the players who've won stuff to go back and a, a massive uh, opportunity for the players who haven't won anything yet to go and win something. I think it's all about that, like getting to these finals so often and making sure you win them. And then, like I said, it just, the confidence it breeds and the, it gives you that, I guess, the, that bug to go and win more. I think that's something that like former players always speak about. It's like when you get that first taste, it's like, right, yeah. I, want, I want that again and again and again. 
Uh, yeah, and I think what you mentioned before, which I for- forgot to comment on, but I will do now, is that you know it's another trophy, chance of a trophy, and if we win it, it's the tenth time we win the league cup. It's also another cup that takes us further away from Man United, as you know, the the best uh, team in England in total of uh, trophies, obviously, and it's also like you said. Uh, that you know, some players haven't you know tasted the victory with Liverpool yet in terms of trophies. So if they can get the the first little taste of it, that it will be something that they want to have again. And also for the young kids to you know be inspired by. You know, we we went to the cup final there. We won it. Now we're still in the FA Cup. We hopefully you know we play in uh, Norwich. Uh, you know, at home. Hopefully you know go through and com- compete still in that cup. And you know, we'll like I mentioned at the start, we're top of the table in the Premier League. You know, for everyone, you know, that must be something to, you know, always just find energy every day going into that training ground and, you know, seeing the teammates and knowing what they're doing together. You used to look at, you know, the table where they are in the cup and you just feel like, fucking hell, we performing well. We are great. Because it creates team spirit as well. When, some, when things are going well, obviously, you're more positive-minded and together you can, you know, uh, probably do more as, as a positive collective in terms of mentality. Um, it, that's just normal. That's just human, I think. But, you know, for the young lads to hopefully, you know, because if you have to choose, yes, Champions League and Premier League are always, you know, the tops. And, you know, if, if I had to choose, I'll always pick the Premier League because I want to win more Premier League trophies, obviously. But, you know, to win a League Cup, it's not a bad thing, even though people might down talk it a bit i just think you know like you said it's another cup it's another win it's another fucking number on that you know trophy wall it's it's winning what it's all about we can look back and be like we won it 10 times if we win it so just go and win everything because that's how i feel whatever liverpool competing in is to win everything i understand that's not possible every season because it's hard as fuck (laughs) but you know i want to do it and if we got the chance to do it just go and try to do it obviously yeah, massively. I think it's something like getting, uh, like you said, more trophies on the board, and yeah, it's just a, a a massive thing. Not just like like I said, for not just for senior players, but for everyone. It must be. I just think like as a player for Liverpool, it must be so when when stuff's going so well like it is now, it yeah. must be so easy to go into the dressing room and just be like on the training yeah, ground, and on. it must be yeah, just yeah. like it's just it must be like an, an easy period where you can just crack on and. Yeah, and I and I hope we win so we can have another trophy parade in the end of the day, so we can rub that in the face of other supporters who are still, you know, uh, crying about us, you know, celebrating the the other two domestic yeah. cups we won. Because even though it was only the domestic cups, you know, the, the trophy parade, no one no one even come close to doing it the way we're doing it. So if we can go and win it, and hopefully something more this season. We can have another parade where everyone can just fucking celebrate, and then I'm over, and I'm staying at yours, and I'm gonna fucking crash the place. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's funny when like you listen to players talking about like like that, that parade, and it's like you just lost the Champions League finals. Like, is this parade gonna be any good? It's probably gonna be shit. And then it was like one of the best ever, and that that's why that's why we're in 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 this to, to watch yeah. footy. But like with Liverpool, we do it, we do do it differently, and that that's why makes yes. you love this club so much because even in like times like that where you think you could just be like oh well so we, we didn't end up winning the main two we won the other two that we, we we would have preferred the other two um it was still an amazing an amazing day um and the players always say like it's one of the best their best days uh, as as a player which is again proves just how good it was um but we still got to go and win it we still got to go and beat chelsea yeah, in, the, in the final yeah. um and we've got chelsea coming up in the league as well of course but let's talk a little bit about um <coughs> 
Norwich on um, Sunday. Luis Suarez isn't available, unfortunately, so we'll have to have to play uh, Darwin Nunes <clears throat> instead. Um, no, all jokes aside, like again, like you said, it's another another trophy, another um, opportunity, another. It's just like these games are coming around fast, but like I think for the players, I just think they must be like, right, give us another game in two days. Just give me yeah, a game yeah. every two days. Just give me loads of games, and that's when why. you're in a momentum. You just yeah, want to keep going. You just want to, you just want to crack on and yeah. keep playing games. And yeah, Sunday, um, hard to kick off at Anfield up against Norwich. What are you thinking in terms of this one? In terms of team, then um, actually, that the Fulham team for yeah, that was that was last night. And see, so the Fulham team was Callagher, Bradley, Concert, Van Dijk, Gomez, um, Elliot, McAllister, Gravenberg, Diaz, Nunes, Gakpo. Um, yeah, I think there's a few changes. Of course, I think Allison will come in. Uh, Canate, um, Jones might come in for for Gravenberg. Um, th- I mean, there's a few options. Obviously, we didn't even mention Roberts. Andy Robertson was on the bench last night, and that in itself, I think, is he didn't come on the field. I didn't expect him to. Even if we were, even if we were struggling, I, don't, I didn't expect him to come onto the field. But having him back around the in the dressing room and going out to games and traveling with the squad and whatever. That in itself is a massive boost, and I think having him back fit for such a going into a massive period of the season. Of course, Gomez has been tremendous, but having Robertson back as well to give Gomez maybe allow Gomez a game where he can go out and and come, then come back in and be fresh. I think is going to do us wonders as well. So there's plenty of options again, isn't he? Yeah, you know, even you know Joe Gomez might start on uh, on Sunday because he obviously got three days now to just you know relax a bit and you know take it easy and recover. Um, still doing obviously training, but you know I think maybe he starts. But if Robertson, you know, was back on the bench, maybe he gets like a I don't know twenty minutes or something in that game, which obviously yeah. makes Gomez having a rest uh, ahead of of Chelsea, which is later on in the in the week after. So you know I think that could happen that he starts, but then obviously gets taken off for Robertson. I think uh, Konata comes in. Um, We'll see if we plays all the game or what we're doing because I think maybe obviously he's in 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 the talk about starting against Chelsea as well. So yeah. it might be that Kwanzaa starts to be honest, and you wait with Konate because you would rather have him against Chelsea because obviously he's more experienced and still a better central defender in, in overall play. I would say. Um, so you know we've got loads of options there, but you know I think you know it would be good. Obviously Trent is still out, but. Um, Bradley, I don't, I don't mind him keep on playing because he just seems to have all his energy. So just give him as much as much game time as possible. Obviously, we don't want him to be, you know, injured because of you know stress on his body or whatever. Even if he's not sixteen, he's twenty. But you, you still want to take it easy. But I, I just like the way he plays. And if you're in the zone and you've got confidence, just keep on playing if you can. Um, and I think maybe Jones comes in as well, obviously, because he was substituted on last night. I think he comes in and starts. Harvey Elliott was running loads. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe he will have a rest. I don't know. Because, mm. you know, he was running loads and you get three days to recover. You're going to play again. It's, it, it is hard to, you know, know what they think, you know, how they look at themselves and the staff look at them at them and thinking of energy levels and, you know, uh, injury risks and all that kind of stuff. But I think, and I hope, I think we should give, you know, McAllister a little bit of rest as well because he's so vital for us going forward in the Premier League against Chelsea and other games that I don't want to risk him too much, even though he's been brilliant. So you want him to play because he's been brilliant because it helps us a lot, you know, on the pitch overall. But then you don't want to take any stupid risks with players that play loads. So hopefully a bit of rotation and up front, you know, it's 
I, I don't know. I, 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 it's just you know, I, I love David Nunes to 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 play because I just like and I want him to to score goals. But you know, like you said as well, taking him taking him off and let him have a rest is good. So yeah. maybe he will start on the bench. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Andrews Diaz, you know, I think, you know, continue because he looks like he's coming back to form and he shows mm-hmm. loads of energy. So I, I, he can continue to play for me. Um, and then we we'll see if it's Jota or Kakbo or whoever plays. But, you know, we still got plenty of players that is out. But at the same time, they're soon coming back and we got the chance to rotate anyway. So a bit of rotation because obviously uh, the big game, um, would be still Chelsea at home in the Premier League to keep on being top of the table. So I, I, I would never say that I want to, you know, I, I want to be as rotate that much that we doesn't give the FA Cup the proper chance because I want us to go there and try to win that as well. But I don't want it to be on the expense of, you know, being stupid and risk injuries and then maybe drop points in a game against Chelsea at home where we get the chance to actually play them at home, get three points and continue to be top of the league in the way we're trying to do now uh, going into the springtime because it will be so vital to get them all three points at home games at least. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the good thing is as well, the Norwich game is at home. I think if it was away, you, th- you then look and maybe the McAllister might start or whatever. I think Mc- Jones comes on for McAllister and plays that six role. I think he's more than capable of doing that in a game against against Norwich. So, uh, I mean, in, in a weird way, like you said, there's there's so many people out. We've got players coming back soon, loads of good players coming back soon, which is, is going to be, I, fucking, I can't wait to have all those lads coming back to Salah's endos and Tiago, if we ever see him again, uh, Bacetic is the one that we always forget about. I think he's he can come back in and he's fucking amazing last year and in a shit Liverpool side. I can't wait to see how good how good he's going to be in a good Liverpool side. So, um, yeah, you could you, Jones in 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 the six. You could have um, Gravenberg on the left. You could have Gakpo on the right of the midfield. He's he's played there not to a the, his best level in the midfield. Um, if, if being honest, but I think even on the right side of the of the forward three last night, I think he isn't as influential in that area, but he's still got the ability on the ball to blast past someone or link up play. Um, so he's still he's still vital part of this um, team, and of course he wants to play more games. So yeah, I think it's one of them like <laughs> options FC still even with nine eight nine players out, we have still got options when you go right. You can take him out for this one, give him sixty, give him thirty. I think it's about. Obviously, working with the sports scientist and all that shit, like who's going to play sixty, who's going to play thirty, and then they're just being like, right, then we go on to Chelsea on the Wednesday, and that's the bigger one we need. We need the Canard, like you said. The, the, it makes me think like Quanta is going to play um, in this one because the the Chelsea game is so massive, and we need the Canates available. We need McAllister's fresh for that one. We need Nunes fresh for that one. So it's like limiting their time on the on field is is going to be more beneficial to us going into the bigger games coming up so um while still giving the fa cup the respect but i think at home i think gives us that ability and especially with like two games in a row at home you're thinking of like this is a good opportunity going into the um the arsenal away game on the, um, the 4th of february which is going to be a massive one that's going to be i mean we'll, we won't talk about that one now but that's going to be a huge um a huge game which i'm, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I mean, I'm saying I'm looking forward to, it, but I'm looking forward to every game now. It doesn't matter what it is, like Norwich FA Cup. I'm I'm looking forward to. it. I can't wait for Liverpool to play footy again. I just want to yeah. see. I, 
No, I was, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I'm the same and I'm looking forward to, you know, playing two home games in a row, you know, quite close to each other. Because even though it's the Cup and the Premier League, it's, it is something with playing home. It gives you more confidence because you play in front of your crowd and you hopefully get good results. And it takes you further down the line, especially when you're going to play Arsenal away, like you mentioned, quite soon. It means like if you play in a couple of homes and you get the good results from there, you take that with you, even though a away game is, you know, more difficult, it kind of gives you this little boost and I, I like that because it's hard obviously to go maybe two three away games in a row and, and expect you know wins from all of them you maybe ex- ex- expect like two wins and a draw but you might lose one and win two or even draw one and that gives you then a little bit of a, a down momentum in, in 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 kind of in terms of how you look at it both as a supporter I guess and a player so ahead of a game like Arsenal which is quite soon I love that we play you know two games at home where you got the chance to really prove uh, again that you know what you're what, what you're all about, but also to take you that with you into a game like Arsenal away. So I think it's very vital at the at the timing as well. And it would be nice if you knew a little bit earlier when games were going to be played, because if it, if if I knew, I would come over for the weekend, watch the game on a Sunday, and then watch the game on a Wednesday and go back on a Thursday or whatever. That you know, two games at home in a row where you have that you know titles. Um, uh, space of time where you actually can stay for a couple of days and got two games you know that's that's brilliant but yeah that's, that, that's your that's your perfect setup and then come over for a few games yeah. and all bunch together but like we said like in terms of like the table like i haven't looked at it for a for a bit just because got so many games coming up in different competitions or whatever you forget like we're, we're five points clear at the minute um of course city have got that um game in hands which is against um burnley is it oh fucking hell <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, they've got Burnley at home, they've got Brentford away, and then they've got Everton at home. Fucking hell, so they've got, yeah, that's. I mean, for those teams, for, against City, when City get into that rhythm, and especially we've got De Bruyne back, and I just expect them to 2 3 0. So, again, yeah. hope, another... hope company can be their worst enemy, though. Like, they're, you know, their own <laughs> if worst. He could sub himself on and score a 30 <laughs> yard worldy top corner, like he did. Oh, the bastard. He did the fucking killers off, the yeah. bastard. Um, <laughs> right. We could do another half an hour, forty minutes, easy, because there's just so so much good Liverpool stuff to talk about. But we'll leave it there, and um, yeah, let's hope the Reds can continue marching on strong going into the um, into the knowledge game and looking ahead to looking ahead to Chelsea. It's going to be interesting to see what team we put out and stuff like like it always is. I'm always like interested, in, and like whenever the team comes out, like yeah, that's sound, enough quality in there to do the job. And more often than not, this season it's been the case, and that's just down to how good Liverpool are, which is again. You sort of said last year Liverpool are going to be five points clear and still in all the cups, whatever. Going into um, heading into the end of January, I would have, I would have laughed in your face to be honest because like there's no chance yeah. we're going to be doing that good. So it, again, just appreciate how good this side is. I think that's something that like it's it's easy when there's so many games just to like kind of like oh let's win this one and it happens and there's another game. But I think like I'm tr- I always try and like live in the moment and try and mm. enjoy just how good Liverpool are. I think it's something that. Um, I think with social media it's a bit harder because people are just constantly going oh this player wasn't good and you're like shut yeah. up like, like. I'm I'm trying to constantly be positive like you. Like I look at things like, you know, when especially when it comes to Liverpool, and, you know, I don't want football to ruin my life, even if it sometimes, you know, makes you feel down. But, you know, I try to look at it, you know, where you are, how it looks, you know, uh, how we perform, how the, how we, you know, when, when it comes to form and how players look and all that. But also the, the only little thing, if I'm going to, you know, blending a little bit of negativity. It's the only thing that annoys me is that we couldn't win at home against Man United and Arsenal, to be honest. Because those yeah. those 
two points could have been um, six points, obviously, like four points more if you look at it. And if you look at a table with four points more, you know, even if my city have a one game in hand and all that kind of stuff, but you would look at the, you know, Arsenal being, you know, um, they are five points now. We would have been nine points clear, which is, you know, uh, that's that annoys me a little bit. You know, even if it's Man United and Arsenal, and you obviously all respect to, you know, yeah, oh yeah, but that's that's another story though. That's (laughs) that's not down to us. You know, that's the thing. Like the others were down to us, Um, and that annoys me a bit because. You know, I have all respect for both Man United and Arsenal when it comes to those kind of games because they are not easy. Even if you, you know, like we always say, you know, the cliche, the form goes out the wind and all that kind of stuff. It's hard games, even though if you win seven nil at home one season, it doesn't mean you were going to do it. Even though we th- we thought we we're going to win it quite easy, we had you know chance and stuff. But that annoys me a bit. I hope it won't come back and bite us. You know, come end of the season because them two could have been like you know even more points being a top quite clear to be honest at the moment then and be like come on we actually have the we have the we can actually lose a, a, a game for example we can drop a point against my city at home if we were at that you know um having that gap so it kinds of i think of it sometimes when i just like have time to sit down and and you know have my thoughts about football i'll be like ah oh, fucking hell, i should have won them two games yeah but i mean like again and then you have to reference back to last year and you're like we're thinking about like, oh, we could have been this many points clear instead of this many points again. Like, I understand, I get your point. Like, it's it is annoying, but I'm just like, we've 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 we perform how you perform in games. Like some games, course, just, yeah, yeah. like the United game was just set up, and you could tell straight away. The Arsenal game, we should have had, we should have had a penalty. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that of again, course. out of yeah. our control. So it's like, there's, a, I think the United game, I definitely, we should have beat, we should have beat them in that game. But like the Arsenal game, the Spurs game, um. Other games where maybe it's just we've just not had the rubber the green. We've had sendings off, which we shouldn't have had. Like we, you could go on, but we're, we're going to get out of here because we're now we're nearly an hour and ten minutes in here. It's probably one of our longest without being on the whiskeys and the bevies. So we will get out of here. How do you know? Uh, <laughs> true. You just cracked open a little Glenfiddich, didn't you? Um, right, we're out of here. Nice one, everyone, for listening. If you're still listening, yeah, like I say, you're a, you're a, you are a true legend. Not that you. Unless you've skipped forward or whatever, because I do that myself. If you skip towards the end or whatever, you want to have a little listen, then obviously that's do what you do. As long as you're listening to us, I'm happy and I really appreciate it. But yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks to Christian, as, as always, for jumping on, and we'll see you all very soon. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Cop Eye Podcast. Podcast Network.